Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson, also known as Mac Daddy. A.K.A. Mac Daddy. A.K.A. Mac Daddy. According to the producer. Yeah. Did you watch any uh, any football this weekend, Pete? Uh, oh, my gosh. Absolutely. USC 2-0. Florida State 2-0. Both teams look good because I saw highlights. I didn't watch FSU, but it, both teams look good. Uh, USC's offense is phenomenal. Defense, not so good. I think FSU they is... They put like 50 up on Stanford, didn't they? Close to it? I, their their offense is very good. The The defense is not good. FSU, I, it's hard to determine yet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's hard to determine. We got a road game on Friday night. Yeah. Um, so I think on a place that's always been tough for us to win, at Louisville. So yeah. I think that'll... And Louisville's that'll, a good team. They beat up on US, UCF they the did. other day. They yeah. sure did. And they're yeah. a good team this year, though. And people are like, well, UCF. Yeah, but UCF's lost like two home games in five years. People don't yeah. realize that UCF is really good. <laughs> it's really good. They can actually so, compete with the big boys. They yeah. beat Florida last year, University that of Florida. Was, in that, that, so that was game. a big, that was a big win for Louisville. So yeah, yeah. I'm even if, you know, 20 years ago, I would have been worried about a road game at Louisville. So we'll, we'll see. Well, we can't, you know, with anybody that listens to us knows that we talk about football because we love football, but I talked to my wife the other day and I says, you know, it's really hard for me to sit through four quarters of football anymore. Though. I just feel like, Unless it's a really big game, it's yeah. hard for me to watch four quarters. It's it's just so, too long. Yeah, it's like the USC game. I don't know how many. I know I watched. I I watched the first quarter. Well, no, I watched the half. I watched the half, turned it off, and then I turned it back on in the fourth. So that's kind of my gig. So I don't know. I just I don't know. It's just hard. I do like college football though. It it there's the energy. It's awesome. It's so much better than NFL. It NFL really is like, is. and I like NFL, but man, college football is just that next. As Pete likes to say, it's next level, right? It is. It, if they would, I was just thinking, how, what would make it fun at um, one of the things that the Lakers have done when you go to their games? You know, they play basketball, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm going to compare it to that because they have a band. They have a full band that plays at the Lakers. Really? Games. Yeah, they have a live band. And and I was thinking that's what makes it kind of fun. So as they they're playing the game, the band's always going. Always. Why don't the NFL do that? So that was kind of my thought. The Lakers, the reason what they changed at that one point is they brought in a full on live band and they're playing and getting everybody going. And because that's a couple hundred extra seats they can't sell. Well, that's probably why. It's probably got to do with money. Yeah. Well, they're because the who would they bring in? What band? Like, well, it's not a the big, Miami Dolphin band. No, 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 no. It's their like band. It's not a big band like the like the college band, but it's a it's a you know regular band. But they play. It's kind but of you're cool. right. That's a big part of the of yeah. the atmosphere yeah. at a college game. Is yeah. is Get the band playing? Up. Seriously, NFL needs to do That's that. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, you go to Florida State home games, and there's probably the band's huge. Of course, they have a big they have a big music school, so there's probably three hundred. I mean, three hundred instruments strong. That's it's like, huge. It's like the even with the the baseball and stuff. You know, it would be fun if they actually had the organ guy going down on the field or doing something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just. I like that they do that in baseball. The organ on the field. That would be interesting. I wonder how many how field baseball players, I mean, stadiums still do the organ or still play it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know the Angels do. do I don't know anybody else. Because does. you were recently there. I was just you there know. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I haven't been to a game in a while. I need to go. We talked about going to Miami, go to see a game there. But I want to take you to a Florida State game. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know and what I else want is to going take on? To a USC game down in US. See, we just have to go to Southern Cal. That's a little bit farther, but you know what? <laughs> four hour flight, four hour drive, whatever. It's the same. It's the same. 
would be fun. All right. What you know what would be really fun? What? If we went on a cruise to Aruba. You think so? I think so. We should for, do that. For our 100th episode? Can you believe that? What episode yeah. is this? Like 97, something so. like that? Yeah. It's almost here. Yeah. To celebrate the 100th episode, yeah. jump on a boat. Yeah. Get some videos and some maybe some clips from yep. the, the I almost said the Mediterranean, yep. the, the Caribbean. It looks like it a little bit. <laughs> some parts of Mediterranean. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be exciting. Good. I mean, so I, I, those of you watching on YouTube, you get you get to see my cool my cruising shirt. I wore it today just to get kind of get ready. Four days, Pete. <clears throat> Four days. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We can't wait. It's uh, get to get to hang out with you guys. It's fun. And- it's going to be fun. Is our executive producer excited about the cruise? Yeah, she's we, got, we got a head shake. Yeah. We got a head shake. Yeah, she's she not is. so excited where she jumped in, but it's all good. So we'll it's have that. Good. We'll we'll put that together, and then people will see that. I think the first week of October that'll drop, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah I just can't believe it. Is it I, I, it's insane. Yeah, one hundred episodes. Crazy. I want to yeah. know how many of you guys out there have listened to all every single episode. I know we have. Is some. there anybody? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lino. I, I know I for think a fact Lino, Lino yeah. yeah, Lino's one. Yeah. We actually got Lino on tape um, talking about the Riot Podcast. I think he talked about how uh, what impacts him the most is when we talk about religion sucks. <laughs> <That> religion sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, does, man. So if you've listened to every single episode, man, chime in. We want to we hear from you. Should we give them something we for should. being like faithful? How do we know if they're telling the truth? Well, honor system. Righteous invasion of truth. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, if they have, we should let's, that let's recognize awesome. them. Yeah. I, I might have some extra t-shirts we could give them. Well, they probably already have them if they... Well, you I think? Don't I don't know. I don't know. Okay, give them a cruise to the Caribbean then. That's I a, don't know. What do you a, want to give them, That's Pete? a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. And then we have like 100 people that said, yeah, we want to go. Uh, I listen to that was just a suggestion. Or, that wasn't. We're not really doing or that. Or they listen to the show and they go back. Wait, I'm at... They, no, executive producer said no cruises. No, Sorry. We, we do the cruise and they go back and say, oh, I missed 40 shows. And so they cram it in. So they get all 40 shows in. They can honestly say they could. They get, yeah. But did they listen to the whole 40 shows? Because that's 40 hours worth of. That's what I was just saying. Would you listen yeah. to 100 hours of a podcast to get a free cruise? Yeah, a lot of people probably would. Yeah. And then give us notes on each one of them and tell us how it impacts. That's you right. We want God a book report on each one. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll give you a cruise. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh, mercy. Oh, that's funny. What else is going on, Pete? A lot. You got anything else going on in your life you yeah, want to talk pl- about? We're planning a wedding for my daughter. You're marrying off one of your girls. Yep. Wow. That's been a, one down, one to go. Yeah. I think I've gained a few more gray hairs during this time. And there's a lot. There's a lot. Anybody that knows planning a wedding, especially for your daughter. I married off my son already. So yep. we went through that process. They were, they pretty much take care of, took care of everything though. So they, they had like a, planner and they were low um, maintenance uh, they were very low maintenance i just had to prepare for the sermon or the oh, message but there that you was go. it so this one's a little more maintenance yeah a lot more maintenance a lot more maintenance yeah we're we're fully girls are just harder than boys is that no what it is? i don't think it's, it's that. just personalities we're we're we're, we're doing it ourselves <laughs> we're planning everything so we're oh, yeah, there's a lot of work i like it pete the wedding planner well, so if wife. you're planning a wedding in the upcoming year, reach yeah. out. No, that's probably not what he wants to do. No, you better pay me some money because <laughs> it's not <gonna> work. <laughs> but yeah, that's what's going on. So we're having fun. God is good. Awesome. We're excited. Yeah. Can't wait. That's uh, coming soon. Coming soon. That's it. And we'll talk about that. Maybe yeah, no doubt. Once it happens, we'll go ahead and get that. That'll be that. fun. 
All right. What else? Anything um, else? I think we're good. That's predetermined plan for your life. That's yeah. not like predestination. That's not what you mean, though. No. Or is it? No. But I mean, again, I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but it's like, you know, a lot of people, um, I don't think they realize that God has a message for you every day and he has a predetermined plan. He already has a plan in place and he wants to tell you about it. I've heard you say before, a perfect plan and a permissible plan. Yeah. God's perfect will and God's permissible will. Oh, yeah. I was close. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do listen yeah. to you once in a while. Yeah, it's, that's pick the it up. truth. All right, let's let's pray. Right. Father, we uh, we just give you the show today. We are so excited to jump back into uh, the book of John. And uh, man, just this book, it just just continues to just put me in awe, uh, learning about who you are and to just drawing nearer to you, Lord. So I ask that you would be with our listeners today that this book that you have given us would just come alive, Father, that uh, you would speak to people in a way that uh, you just never done before, uh, that people would be changed because they hear your word. So, Father, we give you the show now, give you our listeners in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We're John 11. We're going to be in the ESV version. Um, if you uh, uh, want to hear more about us or want to share it, riotpodcast.co. CO, or you can go to the riot podcast on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, um, and get off that. So, all right. Thanks for bringing that up, Pete. I always, I forget. And, you know, we wait to the end of the show, but yeah, if people yeah, have comments, of- jump onto our social media and you can comment while you're listening. That would be, that would be incredible. That yeah, would. All right. Episode 95, Pete, we, uh, we talked about how do life circumstances increase our faith? We covered John 11, one through 27. Great and in that show. Yeah, it was, it was. And in that show, we talked about how the emphasis in John 11 was about faith. We saw the word believe used at least eight times throughout the chapter. We also talked about another theme regard, regarding the glory of God. And then we began to learn that in everything that Jesus said and did, he sought to strengthen the faith of his disciples, of Mary and Martha, and lastly, the Jewish people. Not to mention, we also dove into Jesus's seventh, but greatest, Jesus's seventh, but greatest miracle by raising Lazarus from the dead. This miracle was so significant that the religious leaders could not deny who Jesus was. This week, we will turn our attention to Jesus focusing uh, increasingly on Mary's faith and then the Jewish people's faith. Let's pick up our reading now in verse 28 through 40. So with that, just to set it up a little bit, it's so again, if you look at the context of John 11, it's all about strengthening our faith, right? And one of the ways that God strengthens our faith is through circumstances. It's through things that happen in our life that cause us to reflect on where's God? Is God here? What is God doing? How is God involved? And does God even care about me? Right. And so that's kind of the whole big gist of John 11. And so um, as we've already been covered a little bit of that, but in this chapter, we're kind of, we're going to detail a little bit more of uh, just that predetermined plan that God has for us because he always has a plan. And so we're going to get into that, not only that, but how God is increasing the faith of others. All right, let's go. Okay. John eleven twenty eight. Mm. When she had said this, she went and called her sister, Mary saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. Uh, she being Martha, Martha. Yeah. Right. And she, and when she heard it, she, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews were, when the Jews were with her tongue twister uh, in the house, consoling her, 
saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. Mm. uh, Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Mm. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, oh no, wait, we're going to get into that. Okay, good. That's right. Let's stop at 40. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so statement number one, you're going to read that? Yeah. Okay. In the previous reading of our last show, Jesus dealt with Martha's faith. Now we had, now he had to help Mary. The first question we should try to unpack is this. Why did Martha call Mary secretly? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, what are you talking about? So go back to that first verse. I think it's in 20, either yeah, 27. Yeah, she said that she was secretly yeah, about in, that. That's interesting. I, I hadn't caught that before, Pete. I think when, when people read over that, I don't think you ask that question, but that's like, I mean, that's kind of, it's got to be a significant yeah, reason. Why did John put it in there, right? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I have no idea. You don't know? No, I yeah, don't know. You can kind of just thing, but I mean, probably because there's danger involved. Oh, yeah, that could be. I mean, they, they knew that the Jewish leaders were there to arrest Jesus. I mean, yeah, it, there wasn't there was kind of a, an, an uproar happening. They already wanted to kill Jesus. And I mean, I don't know. Or they Jesus, you know, liked his privacy as much as possible and they wanted to keep it a secret. I don't know. I mean, there's many reasons. But one of the things that I thought of when we thought about keeping it from the Jewish leaders is. When should we keep secrets from the government? Because that's kind of what it is, right? The governing body, are they are they hiding from that? Or do we keep secrets from the government? Is there certain things that the government says for us to do that we don't do, that we don't share that we're doing? I mean, in today's political environment, it's pretty hostile out there. There's things that are happening that makes you wonder, hmm. you know? And there's some people that are listening to this that live in other countries that the government isn't very forthcoming. Yeah, that's and true. I'd say it's definitely more relevant there. I mean, absolutely. There, there's places in this world where having a Bible could get you arrested or worse. And so I always ask the question, is there times when we maybe we keep secrets from certain people or maybe we don't want to flaunt things, you know? And I always come back to if the government is asking you to disobey God or the government is asking you to do something that loses your witness for God, then those are the times where you might be persecuted for your faith. Hmm. Those are the times that you would stand f- for God more than you would stand for the government. But we got to remember that God is in charge of the government. God knows what's happening. Listen, God has already knows the plan. He knows who's in charge. He knows who's there. He can control them at any moment. Remember, remember Daniel four, where Nebuchadnezzar, God met uh, Nebuchadnezzar met God at that moment. And he's like, I'm so good. I'm like God and I'm this powerful. And God's like, nah. And then he made him eat, you know, grass for seven years. Do you remember that? 
Vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. So Nebuchadnezzar like full on became a cow. Now I gotta now I gotta go back and read Daniel oh, yeah. again. Yeah. So I mean, so at any given moment, that can happen. And then at the end of the seven years that Nebuchadnezzar went through that, Nebuchadnezzar humbled himself. So he said, There is no God like Yahweh. He is the true and creator God. So God so is worked. in charge. Oh, yeah. God knows everything. So God can get anybody's attention, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. But does that mean, oh, we don't have to, we don't have to vote then? Oh, uh, no, that's not what it's saying. We still do our due diligence that, that God has put on our heart. Why do we so do that? We take it. things to extremes and like, yeah. ugh, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyways, I didn't want to get into the political stuff, but I mean, it's, but you did. it's kind of political here. I mean, let's just be honest. What's happening in this context, there's religious leaders and there's people here that want to kill Jesus. It's political. He, he has an agenda to love people. He has an agenda to save people, to heal people, all that. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. We want to kill you. And then he's, and then we're going to find out a little bit more that they're controlling the people and saying anybody that sees him or has word where he's at, tell us because he is going to be arrested. Wow. It's like they yep. hired 80,000 agents or something. That's to... what they did. So, all right, let's go on to the next point. <laughs> but not to get political. Right. <laughs> crazy all right talking about irs agents yeah well i was being a little more vague than that but facetious yeah that was you funny, got, not facetious no no but it's still funny okay mary is found three times in the gospel record each time she is mentioned she is at the feet of jesus wow that's a pretty strong statement how would you like to you know if you were mentioned in the in in the bible and every time you were mentioned you were at the feet of jesus yeah, and I, what a compliment that is i right? really don't i believe that was divine and i believe the holy spirit was involved in that it's not it's not by accident that they showed mary here at the feet of jesus really good so yeah. if, examples luke 10 39 john eleven thirty two, and then we as you will see in an upcoming show verse uh, john 12 3 she sat at his feet and listened to his word. She fell at his feet and poured out her sorrow, and she came to his feet to give him her praise and worship. Mm. Mary's only recorded words in the gospel are given here in John eleven thirty two, 32, and they echo what Martha had already said in verse 21. If you had been here, Jesus, I added that, Lazarus would not have died. Yep. I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable. So everybody thinks, well, she probably had many other words. No, this is it. That's, that's the only words recorded um, in the gospel of Mary here. And um, you know, it's, it makes us wonder um, how, what she was thinking. I mean, I'm just trying to figure I mean, she's obviously didn't believe that he's a miracle God um, or she maybe believed, but she maybe didn't fully believe um, you know, there's doubt you know, and again, it's four days. So, I mean, the odor's bad and, and everything's there. So in her mind, as a matter of fact, oh, he can't do anything. Right. Um, her faith was little, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, and the other thing that this thing says is that God's ways are not our ways. God's plans are not our plans. We should always remember that. But yeah. her faith is about to change. Yeah. I mean, Isaiah 55, eight through nine says that he, uh, it says for my thoughts, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and thoughts than your thoughts. So I, I think that puts scripture to kind of what's happening here. So Mary probably knows that verse, but in reality, she's not seeing that verse. And she's not, she's maybe, I mean, she's given him Lord and she's bowing to him and she's, she's acknowledging him, but she's just not comprehending the bigger picture. And I think that's the same thing with our lives. I mean, there's, there's many things in our life that look impossible. It absolutely looks impossible. 
I have testimony after testimony of things that have been impossible for my own life. I'm, I've shared a little bit of the, on the show, but where I looked at it and said, there's no way out of this, but God. And, and, and I doubted God and I've wrestled with God and I've yelled at God and I've, and I've had heavy, strong conversations with God because I just didn't feel like he cared. And it was just where I was at in my moment in my faith at that time, it was weak, it was low. But through the journey and through the process and through the years, God has taught me that his ways are bigger than my ways. Mm -hmm. And God has taught me that he is faithful and he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And he's taught me that, that no matter how impossible it might look, he is, he is capable of doing things that are supernatural. He's capable of doing things that are outside of the ordinary, the extraordinary. And, and so. That's what, it's one of those verses that I just can't wrap my head around. I can't fathom the whole, you know, his ways are higher. And, and they talk about the heavens. I mean, cause how in our minds, how can, we can't even comprehend no. the vastness of the universe. Right. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's just one of those verses like, man, it just, you start thinking about it and it just makes my head hurt. <laughs> you know, the other one is, I think, I don't even know where this is. You, you probably do, but uh, where he says uh, our transgressions will be like removed as far as the east is from, from the west, west. Yeah, again so. it's an it's an incomprehensible yeah. distance yeah it doesn't exist you know it just doesn't exist so man well i think it's like it's one thing to hear that like our, our transgressions our sins would be removed as far as east from yeah. the west it's one thing to hear that and it's another thing to believe it but it's another thing to actually believe it in such a way that you accept it as reality hmm. It's like, that's where that grace comes in. And I was just sharing with my wife the other night. I was just like, you know, and I, I, I just, I feel like I'm a hypocrite at times. I feel like I am not worthy to talk about God's word and truth. I, I know my inadequacies. I know that I falter and fail. I know that my flesh gets the better at me at times. And, and I'm humbled when I see myself in the light of Christ, but I have to come to terms with his grace. I have to accept that I have freedom in him. I have to have, I have to accept that his grace is sufficient for me and that he has forgiven my sins as far as the East is from the West. And when I get to that point, I breathe. When I get to that point, I have joy. That's where freedom is. When I get to that point, all I want to do is worship hmm. him. And, it, and it's hard. It's one thing to believe it and hear it, but it's another thing to just actually allow it to penetrate you in such a way that you believe it and you live it. That's good. Let yeah. it sink in. Yeah. All right. The mystery of Jesus' incarnation is seen by his question in 34, in verse 34. Where have you laid him? <laughs> That's crazy. Why did he ask this? I know, because he knows the answer, but I guess he wanted to well, do the show. But does he? Oh, in his humanity. Yeah. I mean, seriously, why did he ask his that? Deity, that's kind he of would know that. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's true. Well, I think he had to ask this because it shows us the reader of his humanity. I think he never uses his divine power when the normal human means would suffice. That's an excellent point. I mean, it's, it's something when, you know, when I was meditating on this, I, I, I mean, and, and again, I had last night, I, I was at a life group and I was just sharing with the group there. Uh, this whole topic. And when I really grasp that, the humanity of God makes him personable. It makes him relationable. It makes him, it makes him trustworthy. Hmm. It makes him real. It makes him somebody that I can honestly talk to and know has been through what I'm going through. It's somebody that I know can relate to me. 
He's somebody that gets me. And because and the word is very said, he says, fear not for I've already overcome the world. Trust not in the world, but trust in me because I will get you through it. And, and because he's human, I can now live a life that makes sense and purpose because I have somebody that I can follow that's already been there before me. And he can talk to me and he can relate with me. That's the relational part. That's not religion. That's not just deity that's far away. That's this personal, intimate God that I can have fellowship with. That's really good. And at the same time, he's still 100% God. 100%. So I think he's so had hard to. to wrap our brains around. It's like the East from the West thing, right? Yeah, it's like people, when they read some of this, they don't, I don't think they meditate on the scripture like we're doing right now. And I think that if you really meditate on that, I think he had to. I think he, he did this to reveal his humanity. And that helps us, honestly. If you really, if you really meditate that and understand his humanity, it really helps us because we can now relate completely with him, and especially when we get into Jesus' weapon, verse 35, that we're going to cover now. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, this is the verse that you know every teenager memorizes yeah. in, in Bible school or you know in our summer Bible camp. Yeah. Well, I use that. I use what you told me the other day. So I, uh, you, you said, "Hey, I memorized John thirty-five, and I, and I knew right away what you were talking about. I just it, it hit me like right. Oh, he's talking about Jesus. Christ. I used it last night, and so with everybody, I said, "Hey, everybody can memorize John thirty-five. It's very simple. You guys will do it." And I said, "Jesus wept," and they all started laughing. Yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. I didn't give you credit though. You didn't. But now I don't they're listening to this from it's the right. live group i'm giving you credit it's all good i don't need credit it was so good we're here to build his kingdom not yeah, ours that's it all right verse 35 does say exactly that jesus wept it is the shortest yet deepest verse in the in scripture his was silently weeping um the greek word they, they used here pete is nowhere else in the new testament he yeah was, yeah it's it's a um he's like internally weeping so he's like it's like um you know, it's the major pain inside. Agonizing. It's not outward groaning where people are looking at him. He's just, he's literally just in a ball weeping. That's kind of what it's saying. Yeah. He's not weeping loudly as mourners. No, but other questions uh, we have to ask. The other question we should ask Pete is why did he weep at all? Yeah. I mean, after all, he knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Well, how do we know or, that? He, how do we he? know that he knows? He knows <laughs> because of we're going to get to it in John four, uh, 11, verse 41 and 42, where he, he spoke to God and God told him. So th- this was backwards, but he knows is because the father told him. OK, but 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 still, we're going back to the humanity here. Right. Jesus weeping reviews the humanity of the Savior. We have to get this. He, he has entered into all of our experiences and knows exactly how we feel. When someone dies in our life that we're close to, we weep. Yeah. We're going to miss them. I mean, my dog died and I was in agony for two weeks. Literally, I was in excruciating pain. And so I understood, I understand how Jesus felt. He's in his humanity. Um, being the perfect God, man, Jesus experienced these things in a deeper way than we do. His tears also assure us of his acquainted acquaintance with grief. Isaiah 53, 3 says that. Today, he is our merciful and faithful high priest, and we may come to the throne of grace and find all the gracious help that we need. If, if Jesus did not live as man, we do. It, it's not the same impact. It is not. He's the deity that's far away. All these other gods are the deity that's far away, but they 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 do not have an intimate relationship with their God. Hmm. 
But because of Jesus, because of what he did, we have fellowship. We have relationship with him. And, and we can talk with him and communicate with him. So it is different. So his weeping is a big deal to us. But I'm so grateful that in there because I can now, I get Jesus. I know what he was feeling. I know what I felt. And, and, and I know because he was able to overcome that and get through that, and he was able to deal with that, I know that he's going to be able to help me deal with that. And again, it's... As, uh, as I'm reading this, some, some of the things I'm like trying to think, why is he weeping? And I, I kind of came up with a couple other things too. So correct my theology if, if, if I'm way off here. But part of me was thinking, well, maybe it was empathy. I mean, because he could see the pain and anguish in, in Mary and Martha. Could be. Part of, uh, it. part of it could be empathy. So that yeah. was one thing. And then another thing that kind of struck me was, could it be that because the people didn't get it, it's like he told them that it was going to be there. Is, is there, I don't know. I, Part of me was like, no, maybe I think it, I think it, I think it talks to every, every point. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's the point. I think it does talk to the empathy. I think it does talk to his, I mean, remember when he was, uh, when he wept over Jerusalem, when he was coming back from Jericho before the, the whole parade and everything yeah, else, Yeah, that was, he, they don't get it. Yeah. God, he, they don't get it. And he's crying because he's in pain for them. So I think that in this human, you, in a human, when we're in our human bodies, we're going to experience emotions. And I think Jesus is hitting all those emotions. I think you're right. Okay. I think it's, I think that's good. I think that brings a good balance to that. All right. Next, the spectators saw his tears as evidence of his love. But some of them said, hey, if Jesus loved Nazareth so much, then why did he not prevent his death? Perhaps they were thinking Jesus is weeping because he was unable to do anything. Yeah, that's I can see that. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're looking at him and like, oh, man, you know, he's weeping because he failed. He failed. He wasn't a good uh, friend. Yeah, I could see the outsiders maybe yeah. thinking. Yeah. I mean, clearly we know that that's not the case, but. Right. I think what it, this tells us is that nobody presents really, ex no one really expected a miracle. We know that because of what Mary and Martha said. Right. I mean, they're close to Jesus. They walk with Jesus. They're in fellowship with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Don't his open the tomb. It's going to smell. Yeah. Right? His disciples are doubting him. Everybody is doubting him. They did not expect a miracle. We mm. can say that for certain. Uh, but for this reason, nobody could accuse Jesus of plotting this event and being in collusion with the two sisters and their friends. Even the disciples did not believe that Jesus would raise Lazarus from the dead. So, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. But I always ask, why do people not believe a miracle can happen? That's the question. Why? Why do people doubt that God is supernatural and that God can show up at any given moment? I mean, and, and a lot of times it's because they haven't seen it before. A lot of times it's just like, you know, God doesn't love them enough that he would do that for them. They doubt uh, his love. They doubt who he is. Um, what else? Why do you think people don't believe that a miracle can happen? Any other thoughts? Well, my thought was, you see this all the time. I do it. I mean, we have no problem believing that he created the world in six days or he was born of a virgin, <laughs> but then we have, a, then we can't, you know, we, we struggle with, oh, he can't help me with, uh, you know, my, my issue, you know, or whatever I'm dealing with. It's like, man, your God, you're making your God way too small. And I think, I think we all do that at times, but. I, I, a lot of it comes to is, is people believe in God. But it's the belief isn't the intimacy with the father. It's it comes back down to the Pharisees believed in God. The 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 demons believe in God. Right. And shudder. And they shudder. 
but they don't live in an intimate relationship with God. I mean, how many times did Jesus tell the Pharisees, hey, listen, you know, if you knew the Father, then you would know me. And if you know me, then you would know the Father. And the same thing, Moses knew the Father, Abraham knew the Father, but they knew me and I was there with them, but you weren't, you don't know me. And it's the same thing with hmm. us as Christians. It's, they believe God, they believe in all of this, but when it comes to anything outside of that, they lack that faith. You know, and when you're in intimacy with the Father, in your relationship with the Father, you have peace no matter what. It's almost like you've gone back to the garden. That's it. And, and you're walking in that intimate relationship just, like Adam and Eve were. You just believe that the Father is in control, the Father knows best, and that you ha- you believe that anything is possible. And you don't doubt it at all. But you know, you don't, and you don't have any preconceived ideas. You don't have any expectations. You don't have any of that when you're in in relationship with the father. Mm -hmm. You just have a broken and contrite spirit. You have joy that's unspeakable and you have a contentment that, that speaks volumes in your life because you're just, whatever God chooses, I believe. And if he chooses that, praise the Lord. I'm going to praise him regardless because in the next moment, I'm going to need him. And the next day I'm going to need him. So no matter what it is, he's never going to change. He is always the same and he was always engaged and always there. And he will get me through whatever that is. Always. Hmm. Anyway. All right. We touched on this a little bit already, but in verse 27, Martha declares her faith, but she failed at the very last minute. Yeah. She, and here's how she said, uh, she said, when Jesus asked to open the tomb, Jesus, that is going to smell. And, and Jesus gently reminded her in verse 40 of the message he had sent at least three days before, and he urged her to believe. Yeah, I mean, so again, it's when she said that, I, I mean, again, I, I think that is where it hurt him. Because it's like, how many times do I got to tell you? Yeah. How many times? I mean, I say things to you guys as plainly and as easily as I possibly can. Remember when he starts talking about, I'm going to write, I'm going to die and I'm going to raise up for three days. I yep. mean, he tells them that over and over again. Yep. And they're looking at him like, what, what are you talking they about? They never accept it or never grasp it. And it's the same thing here. But I think it's the same thing in our own life. It, it's like, how many times have we been in the presence of God and been still and he shares something with us and we just don't listen. We don't believe him. And we're asking him over and over and over and over again. And then the next message you listen to at church is talking about it, or your friend is reaffirming it, or or you're in prayer, or somebody else comes up and you're like, oh my gosh, how many times does God have to tell you what he's sharing with you? And it's like, in, and again, it comes back to that time. If we're just resting in his presence, hmm. if we're consistent there, then none of this happens. It's, it's the inconsistencies of our walk with the Lord. It's the imbalances of our, our choices and things that we're doing. It's not in concert with and perfect step with what God is asking. And that's Martha and Mary are, even though they're really close to God and Jesus here, they're still, they're off a little bit because if they weren't, they would be, they would see and hear what he's saying and they would believe, you know, true faith relies on God's promises and therefore releases God's power. Martha relented and the stone rolled away. She finally just said, fine. I, okay, God, yes, you're right. Right. Because yeah. he, I mean, he's sitting there and he's telling her again. And finally she's like, okay, I believe you. Right. <laughs> and, and then the same goes with us. We must have faith and believe on God's word and his promises, period. That's it. All right. So Jesus, now that he's dealt with uh, Mary and Martha and the disciples faith, 
Um, he turns his attention now to the Jews. So let's read verses 41 through 57. 57. Yeah. So this is going to, this is picking up where Jesus is in the prayer. And so um, he's going to say a prayer. God's going to give him this. This is kind of where we get the predetermined thing. And then we'll, we'll talk about it. All right. All right. So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, father, thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them, Always some of them. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests, nobody likes a tattletale, Pete. Mm. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. <laughs> and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, uh, Caiaphas. Uh, yep who was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man shall die for the people, not that the whole nation shall perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. Where did you want me to read? To? Oh, keep Go going. Ahead. Yeah. And and not just for the nation only, or not for the nation only, but also to gather into one of the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to a region near the wilderness, to a town called Ephraim. And there he stayed with his disciples. Now, the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they, as they stood in the temple, what do you think, that we, sh that we will not come to, that he will not come to the feast? If anyone knew, wait, he would not come to the feast at all? Now, the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. I mean, that's just a, that's a big edict. That's what kind of what we talked about at the beginning, right? Yeah. We were talking about, well, that's the time we'd be secret, right? So Mary and Martha might've known this. That's why I, that's why we kind of think that, that they're like, let's keep this on the low, yeah. you know, because these guys are out to get them. Um, but again, what we're seeing here is Jesus turning his attention off of his friends. And now he's addressing the people. Um, who had come to comfort Mary and Martha. So it's like, he's, you know, now, now changed the scenes and now he's looking in a different direction, basically. So Jesus paused and he prayed verse 41. He thanked the father that the prayer had already been heard. And so, so we don't know that prayer per se beforehand, but we know that God already heard the prayer and we know that God already had a predetermined plan. So, so here it is, Jesus now openly praying and saying to the father, thank you that they've already heard it. And so that is where the instructions came for him to go with the fourth day to, to that. Um, when he had prayed, it's probably when he received the message that the friend was, his friend was sick. But if Jesus prayed, shouldn't we? Yes. I mean, I think, you know, when I, I have always studied kind of the prayers of Jesus over the, over the years in ministry. And I've always noticed that whenever a big event took place with Jesus fed the 5,000 or something took place, it always says he went away to pray. 
And it's like, Jesus knew that it's in our humanity. We can have pride come in. We can like, look at everybody's praising me or look at what happened. And, and Jesus always taught us that when anything takes place, he went away to pray and he gave glory to the father and he talked in communion with the father. And here it is. This is a big event. And, and this is a big circumstance. His friend is dead and, and Jesus went away to pray. And so I think that it's very important for us to understand that if Jesus is praying, so should we. Do you think, did Jesus need to do that? Or is he, is he just giving us an example or is it both? Well, he's in, he's fully human. Right. So if you're fully human, you need to pray. And so, you, you, you know, he's walking. So I, I think people need to understand this because everybody says, well, if Jesus did it, we could do it. But I, I think we fully have to understand that not only is he fully human, but he's fully holy. <laughs> So holiness gives you an intimacy with the father that's unlike anything else, right? If we are walking holy and faithful and we're walking according to the ways that Jesus taught us. It's a natural response. We just naturally are in communion with the father. And so that's kind of what he's teaching us here. So another thing to observe here is the father revealed to Jesus his plan and, and Jesus obeyed the father's will. And I think that's the, that's the difference from us and Jesus. So we obey the Father's will sometimes, many times, not at all. <laughs> but it's it's like we have, we might be, you know, and a lot of times we do our devotion just to get it done. A checklist like. Yeah, yeah you pray quickly. Uh, you know, how if your prayers are the exact same every single week, you might want to ask yourself if you're really in concert with God, if you actually have a relationship, because my prayer every day is different. There's always something new to talk about. It's there's, there's a relationship there. Yeah. If you went to your wife every day and had the exact same conversation with her, the, you know, the same paragraph. <laughs> I mean, I sit in the life group and say, all right, you would like to pray and they pray. And I was like, well, that sounded very similar to the week before and the week before that and the week before that. Yeah. And you just, I mean, you're, you're telling everybody that it's you don't have a relationship. so with God. easy to get stuck in habits too. And yeah. that's, the habits aren't relationship. Okay. That's not relational. Where I fall short is when I pray for my food. Yep. So what I what I usually do when I pray for my food, I always just, I thank you, Lord, for the food. Sure. Bless two of my bodies. I mean, but that's what I say. And and sometimes I don't change it up. And and I probably should like, you know, look at it and maybe a little bit different. Sometimes I thank you, Jesus. That's all I say. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, that's it's saying I'm enough. I I didn't get this just by chance. God, you were in control. Right. So I just thank him. But uh, prayer is, is geek. God has a predetermined plan for your life, but to know the plan, we must be in constant communication with the father. Hmm. So it's, so here's, here's the deal. You want to know what's next for your life. If you're, if you're a person, a believer that's following Jesus and you have a relationship with him and you're not spending ample time in prayer and not just in the morning, throughout the day. This is in the middle of the day. Okay. So this is throughout the day. We have communion with the father. If you are in communion with the father, we've been talking about this intimacy with the father, then you will be, it will be revealed to you his predetermined plan. God says you will give, be given eyes to see and ears to hear. The, the Bible says that you will be able to see the things of God in front of you. You'll be able to notice what God is doing because you're in concert with what the father's will is. You'll, you'll have your, his will will be your will. His plan will be your plan. You'll, you'll just automatically gravitate to what is his perfect will. 
because you're in his, you're in, in concert with him. You're in prayer. You're in communion. You're talking. You're looking at people his way. You're, 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 you're doing the things that Christ has given us the example to do. Hmm. A circumstance happens. You don't freak out. You don't go to the bottle. You don't call your mom or dad. You don't go to your kids. You don't go to your friends. Your circumstance happens. What do you do? You go to your knees. You, you, you surrender to God. You say, God, and you, and you talk with him and you communicate with him. And then you move on to the next step and you, you're in still. And Paul says, you're praying without ceasing. You're in a constant communication with him. But if we want to know God's predetermined plan for our life, we have to be in prayer with him. Jesus taught us that and, and gave us exactly what his perfect will is. And we can know that for a fact. Matthew eight, uh, 6, 8 says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Mm-hmm. There it is. Matthew 6, 8. Father knows what you need before you ask him. So what do I have to ask him? Well, because you need to hear him. You ask him because you need to hear him. Because if you just sit around and you're not going to hear what he says. And if you want to be in concert with him and be a part of his plan, then you need to talk with him because he does desire to use you. He does desire to pour himself in you. He wants you to be a part of what he's doing. But many of us rebel against that. And it's a shame because you're, you're miserable and there's a lot of heartache and there's plans and, you know, sure you're serving yourself for a short time, but there's going to come a time when it's going to be painful. There's nobody escapes the death of, I mean, the pain or death or any of these heartaches. It, it is what it is. All right. Well, he didn't create you to be a robot. He, he created you for a relationship, right? Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. And I was thinking Charles Spurgeon said, prayer is not a hard requirement. It is the natural duty of a creature, a creature to its creator the simplest homage that human need can pay to the divine liberality. So if you just try to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I love the story you shared. Uh, this, this is really cool. It says a quaint Puritan writer once said that if Jesus had named, had not named Lazarus, when he shouted, picture this, he would have emptied the entire cemetery. Yep. If you just said rise and come out, yeah. they all would have come out. Yeah. So he had to name That's, Wow, that's powerful. Since Lazarus was bound, he could not walk to the door of the tomb. So God's power must have carried him along. It was an unquestioned miracle that even the most hostile spectators could not deny. Yeah, I don't think anybody realized that. If he's really bound, how how is he walking? Yeah. How is he even standing up? How is he even at the door, right? So obviously, supernaturally, God picked him up or an angel or whatever, his servants picked him up and put him there. What a picture. Yeah. But the experience of Lazarus, a good illustration of what happens to a sinner when he trusts in the savior. Um, Lazarus was dead and all sinners are dead. He was decayed because dead death and decay go together. All lost people are spiritually dead, but some are more decayed than others. No one can be more dead than another. So, you know, and again, what we're saying in that is that, before Christ, we're, death is what we know, because that once we die, we're going to be with him. We're going to be in hell for all eternity without Christ. Um, but with Christ, we get life. And the reason why we get life is because it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. And in what I do, I do for Jesus. And Jesus is now in the one that's in charge of my life. He is the one that's controlling the, the, every aspect of my life. And I'm following his ways and I'm seeing the things and I'm doing his will and I'm living in peace and harmony because I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to have anxiety. And, uh, when I do, it's a sin and 
and so forth. But yeah, I don't think we need to spend on that. Yep, that's first, fine. But yeah, um, we're going to move on. Lazarus was set free from the grave clothes and given new liberty. You find him seated with Christ at the table in John 12, 2, and all believers are and all believers are seated with Christ in heavenly places, enjoying spiritual food and fellowship. Yeah, I, I've this is the fact, okay? So you have given your life to the Lord. Um, people are gonna notice there's a change in you. There's it's if they don't, then did you really give your life to the Lord? Because, you know, like remember the Samaritan woman when we when we talked about that. Yeah. It's there is a there is a noticeable change in you. I mean, you 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 were once blind and now you can see. Uh, you were once you know depressed, but now you have life, right? You have hope. You were once joyless, and now you have joy. You were you know maybe you have happiness. We all get happiness, but when Jesus comes into your life, it's 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 you're changed. You're you're transformed. You know you you were once a cocoon, and now you're a butterfly. You were once not pretty to look at, and now you're beautiful inside and out. You know, that's what Jesus does. And, and so, and you, th- those examples you just shared, like the Samaritan woman, and uh, you were talking about Paul as well, I believe. And those, they were like instantaneous, yeah. which I think is, is fascinating because so many times we're like, oh, yeah, once I get to do this, or once I learn, or once I. No, I mean, she went right to the town and started telling people. I mean, Paul, as soon as he got his eyesight back, I mean, what he he was instead of killing Christians, he was, you know, proclaiming Christ to to the, the same people that had sent him out to kill Christians. So I think I had like two conversions. I was just thinking when you mentioned Paul it made me think of this. I think I was a Pharisee at first. I believed in God. I believed in all of his works and so forth, but I believed with a heavy thumb. I was, I was a person that condemned people. I had a lot of legalism in me. Hmm. Um, you know, I would like, Oh, I can't, I'm reading my Bible every day. I can't believe you're not doing that. Oh my gosh, that guy calls himself a Christian and I can't believe he's a Christian. Or you would go to the church and be like, that pastor really doesn't even know what he's talking about. And that worship is horrible today. And did you know that? And that's and, not a very loving spirit. But I think I was a Pharisee. I, I, I feel like I feel like I believed in God like Paul. I really believed in him. But then I had like like we just you just talked about. I had to come to Jesus moment. I had a time where God revisited me on the road to Damascus. And in and, 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 and that moment, I was changed in that moment. My eyes, I was once blind. And now I saw I saw my ugliness. Mm. I saw the goodness of God for who he really was. And, and, and I was changed and I've never looked back, but I mean, I, honestly, anybody that met me after that time knew that there was something different. There's no doubt about it. It's, and it took many years to convince people that I was not the same Paul or Pete. You know what I mean? I was, I mean, just like Paul, remember how yeah. many times that they walked they in and about- like, Oh, I remember what he was saying, but it literally, it took many years for my family to actually see yeah, have people vouch for him. It. Right. Like, no, he's going to kill us. We don't want to be with him. Well, my family were like, is this an act? What's going on? You know, <laughs> is this? Ch-? it was really a, a true transformation and, and met my friends over time. And now it's a natural thing. People naturally see it's like, you've never met that other Pete. That other Pete was pretty crazy. I don't think I would have liked that other Pete. I, I wouldn't have either. <laughs> no, it was not fun. All right. All right. Awesome. Um, as with this, as with the previous miracles, the people were divided in their response. Some did believe and on Palm Sunday gave witness of the miracle that Jesus had performed, but others immediately went to the religious leaders and reported what had happened. 
Keep in mind, these informers were so near to the kingdom, yet there is no evidence that they believed. Yeah, they got to see it firsthand. And, you know, were they more afraid of the Pharisees? Or it's just weird. I can't be too critical, but. Well, I mean, I, I relate, though. That's, yeah. uh, this is a story I yeah. just shared. I right. think you have the same story, That's right? right? <clears throat> so, I mean, I think a lot of us that are listening have that story. Or some of us might be in the pharisaical mindset right now. And, and we're praying for you. We're praying that you would have the come to Jesus meeting like we did. We're praying that your eyes would be open and it would no longer be a religion like the Pharisees. You wouldn't have that pharisaical mindset and complaining and negative and persecuting and all of that. You would just be free from that. But if the heart will not yield to truth, then the grace of God cannot bring you salvation. These people could not have experienced a spiritual resurrection in their own lives because they did not come before Jesus with a broken and contrite spirit. Hmm. Remember, we talked about a couple of shows ago where he was telling the Pharisees, he told them straight up as plainly as you can, hey, I'm giving you the opportunity to come now. Yeah. All you got to do is humble yourself. If they, I'm, I'm giving if it they don't see their need for a savior, there's not, it doesn't matter that he's literally in their presence. And most people are blind to it. Yeah. And, you know, and then we're going to get into John 17 eventually. And that once we get there, you know, we're going to talk about the predestination that God knows beforehand who's his and who are not. And um, there's many people that claim to believe in Jesus, but they don't know him. It's just a religion to them. Yep. And they do it to make themselves feel good or whatever else. I mean, I did it just to say that I did it and made me put me in a better light, I guess. My mom made me do it. You know, whatever, right? But it was so, religion. Yeah. Like you said. All right. In verse 49, the name Caiaphas is mentioned. He was high priest at the time. He was also a Sadducee, not a Pharisee. Unknown to himself and to the council, Caiaphas uttered a divine prophecy in verse 50. Jesus would die for the nation so that the nation would not perish. Um, you, see, you see Isaiah 53, 8. It says there, for the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that when I you you when you were reading it, I just it's just unbelievable. God I mean, he had no idea anybody. <laughs> he had no idea what he was saying, and it's like, dude, you're just you're totally prophesying. You're, you're fulfilling prophecy, right? But true to his vision of a worldwide family of God, John added his inspired explanation: Jesus would not die only for the Jews, but for all of God's children who would be gathered together in one heavenly family. We find that in John ten sixteen. Yeah, one flock, one shepherd. That's right. The official, the official decision that day was that Jesus must die. The leaders thought that they were in control of the situation. Foolish. But it was God who was working out his predetermined plan. Yeah, we look back on it now and we say foolish. But during the time, even now with us, we, yeah, a lot right. of times we're just blind to it. That's right. And again, we've, how many times have we talked about this? Being in concert with God, being in fellowship with the Father, spending time in prayer and so forth. I mean... If we're not doing that or we don't understand that, then we're not going to see things either. We're, we're just going to miss it. You know, sure. they missed it. You know, Acts, what is that? Acts uh, <laughs> 2, 2, 23, it says, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of the law of this man. Hmm. So again, it's talking about the foreknowledge. God knows ahead of time. He knows your plan. He knows your life better than you know your life. He knows everything about you. He cares about you. He knows the, the number of the hairs on your head. For some, it's a lot. For some, it's little. <laughs> but he knows you. He knows you very, very good. If you're his child, 
he cares deeply about you. I mean, he cares for everybody, but everybody doesn't care about him. But if you care about him and you want to have fellowship with him, trust me, he's going to reveal to you what's next. So just trust him. All right. And finally, in verse 54, Jesus withdrew to Ephraim, about 15 miles north of Jerusalem, and there he remained in quiet retirement with his disciples. The crowd was gathering in Jerusalem for the Passover feast, and the pilgrims were wondering if Jesus would attend the feast, even though he was in danger. Well, we, we know he does, but he was now <laughs> on the most wanted list because the council had made it known that everyone who knows where Jesus is or was must report it to the officials. Think about this. He's on the he's on the most wanted list. Yeah. Okay? So, so the post office, there's a picture of him yes, up there. Everywhere. Most wanted. He's everywhere. on the most wanted list. Here's a guy. His testimony is to love people, to heal people, to speak life into people and to point people to the father. Yeah. So how do we respond? Let's kill him. I mean, just think about that. It's because they he threatened their status quo. Yes. He threatened their, their way power. of life, their power. Yeah. And, and he wanted to take it away from man and put it to God. He wanted the power to be where it's supposed to be. And he wanted us to decrease and he wanted him to increase. And he was teaching them this. And because he was teaching them this and they were hearing this and they were saying, no, we don't want to do that. We like power. We like the best seats. We like to look good. And, and it's the same thing to us. We like to have our status. We like to do things our way. We like to make our own decisions. Why do we want to involve Jesus in all of this? And, and, and we have, that's, where we have, that's where the rubber meets the road. Hmm. And so if you're listening to this right now and God is pricking your heart, and maybe you're saved and you need to repent of your sins. Maybe you were like me and you're, you were living a pharisaical life and you don't want to do that anymore. Maybe God spoke to you right now. You can just repent. Say, God, I repent of that. I want to turn from that way of living. I want to live my life according to your will and your plan. And God's going to hear you and just pursue him. You know, tomorrow, spend time with him. Talk about him. Spend time in fellowship with him. Make an effort. Paul says in the, in the Bible, he says that he had to discipline his mind and his body so that it would do the things that God wanted him to do. It's, it doesn't come natural. You have to discipline. But the Bible also says that your great provider, your strength, your, the person that can guide you and get you through it is the Holy Spirit. You have an advocate. And so if you need help, God says, cry out to him and he will help. You need wisdom. He says, cry out and he will give you wisdom. You need uh, direction. He says, cry out and he'll give you direction. God will be all things that you need in the moment of need. You just have to surrender it to him and walk in fellowship with him. But if you haven't given your life and you're sitting here listening to this, and you're saying, I don't think I actually am saved. I don't, I don't actually, I don't think I'm going to heaven at all. Well, if that's you, God is saying, hey, you can come to him right now. And he's telling you, as I, uh, Psalms 51 says, that if you come with a broken and contrite spirit, if you come with a, a, a humble mind saying, I, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I no longer can save myself. I need to surrender my life to God. If you're saying that in your heart, then Jesus says, just pray it in your prayer. Just say, God, I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I ask that you would come into my heart today. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day. And I believe that you are the savior of the world. And I believe that in you, I can have salvation. And if that's you and that's what you're praying in your heart, then the Bible says that all the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. And then the Bible also says, go and tell somebody. He says, the Bible says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my father in heaven. But if you deny me before man, 
I too will deny you before my father in heaven. And if you've given your life to the Lord, there's going to be a change. We talked about this on the phone, uh, on the show. If there's, there will be change. You, you will, you will know that you are saved. God will transform you every day. It would be a new day in him. And so God bless you. Bob, that's awesome. Thank you, Pete. Yeah. And if you did that, would you let us know? And, you know, we have resources to help you out as well. Um, you know, what are you know, next steps and what do I do now? Go to the riotpodcast.co.co. Um, click on the No God tab. We've got information for you there. Um, you can reach out to us if you're, you're looking for a, you know, a great Bible teaching church. We, we can help you there. Um, go to our uh, social media sites, um, the Riot Podcast at the uh, Twitter, at Facebook, all the social media sites. But, you know, Pete, I always tell people like, you know, like and share and all that stuff. But I don't know. I got a different message that while you were praying and just like, here's what I wanted to say today. Instead of that, I mean, that's awesome if you still want to do that. But I would, after this podcast is over, just spend just spend a couple minutes with God. Yeah. Just ask him, what what do I do with this information now? And man, just seek him, ask him. He'll, he'll tell you, you know, you know, Pete was talking earlier about, you know, you got to pray, you got to pray to God to, to know mm. his next moves or, mm. you know, what his plan for your life is. If we mm. don't talk to him, we don't know that. So that's, yeah. that's my ask for you today yeah. is, will you just spend the next few minutes and just kind of just be in silence or in, in reflection, just talk to God and mm. just say, Hey God, what, what do you want me to do with this information? So, so good. Pete, what an amazing show. Great show. I am looking forward to a week on the ocean with you yeah, guys. Hundreds, hundreds episodes. It's going to be amazing. May God bless you guys. May he be with you. May his face shine upon you. And may you just find intimacy with him this Amen. week. Fall flat on your face before him and just worship him. He's so good. So good. Be blessed. Have an amazing week of worship, guys. Bye. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.